My name is Leslie Payne. Welcome to day 23 of Below the Median Income. Some background information about how I came up with this. First is the Jim Rohn quote that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Secondly, on March 12, 2018, Director Joshua V. Barr of the Des Moines Civil and Human Rights Commission said, We have 75% of students experiencing some form of poverty in Des Moines public schools. So what can we do to improve that outlook? Research has shown that if a person remains in an impoverished condition up through their adolescent years, they are more likely to remain in that position as they become older and become adults. That information made me think of a person being in a space that they could see but were not participating in. It evolved into an idea for an art installation of aerial images of Des Moines displayed on the floor. The images place the visitor outside the space they routinely travel. The audio components are interview recordings obtained from people involved with public or nonprofit organizations. The interviews tell the visitor about where that person routinely travels. The installation contrasts Des Moines ranking as a best-in-nation place to live, Iowa nice reputation of being overly friendly and go out of our way to help fellow citizens, and the visitor's personal story of where they travel in the city. You are listening to the audio component of my project. I didn't want the interviews to be an unheard story in a gallery setting. The best way I thought to prevent that was to make them available as a podcast. My guest for day 23 is Champagne. She works with Movement 515 as a mentor. The program is offered to students in Des Moines Public Schools. Students and mentors attempt to slow down the world and investigate themselves. They work toward becoming change agents, shedding light on the impact human emotion and connection brings to the global community. Movement 515 is an urban arts community where twice a week, Students and mentors come together to create spoken word poetry. Thank you for joining me, Champagne. What neighborhood do you live in? Drake area. Who do you live with? Uh, myself and my daughter. Are you the primary financial support? Yes, I am. Finish the sentence. When I step outside the place I live, I see... The freeway. When I step outside the place I live, I hear... Birds and... Traffic, sometimes kids playing. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Des Moines on the northwest side. Uh, I'm adopted. My aunt and then my birth mom and then my grandma. So my grandmother, she lived on the west side and so did my birth mom. And then my primary caregiver was my aunt who lived like right across the street from Finley. Which Des Moines public schools did you attend? Oh, so Longfellow, Lucas, Cattell, Finley, Harding, Steve Wetter. It was like an alternative school, but they closed down. That was a part of Des Moines and then North High School. How do you get from place to place? My car. Was DART ever your primary transportation? In high school. Yeah, never in my adult life. Did you have to teach yourself how to get from place to place? or Back, like when I was in school? Yeah. 
Kind of, but not really. It was more of my mom didn't want to drive us. Or my aunt. I call her my mom, my aunt, my mom. Um, she didn't want to drive us. So, like, if I wanted to go to the mall or do anything, like, I would have to ride the bus or have a friend's mom drive us. What's made you stay in Des Moines? My family. Yeah. I want to leave, but I'm scared to leave without a degree. I feel like it'd be easier to get here than any other state. Are you in school now? No. I was going to go to school two years ago, and then my daughter got really sick. And finding care for her condition is just kind of tough. So hopefully by this fall or, like, next spring, I'm trying to, like, set some babysitters to do so. Do you know what you want to go to school for? Oh, I want to be a principal. I want to be a principal. Um, I know I want to be in education or just along the lines of helping people, but just being within the school district and being in a setting. Yeah, I want to be a principal. Describe a typical day in your life. What's it look like? A day? What day? (laughs) Like a weekday? Sure. Get up, get ready for work, check blood sugars. She's low, give her juice, go to work. Crazy. The kids aren't in school right now, but literally just chaos, chaos. I run the office. I could tell, so it's mad crazy. Get off about 3 o'clock, go home, hang out with baby, probably do some crafts and stuff. We're always just painting something. Cook dinner, make sure her carbs is in her sugars are right. Her bedtime's about 8.30. We do her bedtime insulin. Usually, that's like my quiet time. Like showers and writing or just catching up on a TV show or whatever. Yeah, just normal, like, mom life. Do you follow religious practice or go to a place of worship? I do. Not as often as I should. I go to Corinthian on nights at school. What does it give you? I think when I am patient enough, I believe let the Lord guide me in my ways. It gives me freedom and release of everything heavy that I shouldn't necessarily be carrying. Such as like just heartache that I know that I should let go of it. Somehow keep What trait do you admire most in the people closest to you? Their sense of humor. I need a good laugh all the time. When is the last time you asked for help? Maybe like a couple weeks ago. I normally don't ask for help. I have two people that I ask for help, and that's it. If I do ask them, it's it's very, like, (laughs) all the pride is gone. What does success look like for you? Honey, success looks like when I can put all these bills on automatic. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, like seriously, in that success to me within my household, 
my daughter is diabetic. So when we get to a line where we are completely comfortable and we don't have to overly worry about blood sugar and do the dang thing and be fine. Do you vote in elections? Do I vote? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Local, national, which ones? You know what is so bad? Um, national, I think I, I did local. I did local last year. I'm trying to get my life together and understand every <laughs> politics. My daughter's goddad is really, he's really into politics. I mean, I have to vote regardless, but he makes me know what to vote for and understand everything. Why is it important? I just feel like it's important because everyone has rights and not everyone's opinions are everyone's. You know what I mean? Like, just everything that's going on right now is very controversial and heavy and overwhelming. I just think it's just really important to see change, really important to view other people's lives and others' eyes. What's something you do for yourself? I write poetry. I've been writing hmm, like 17 years now, I think. I know my daughter is tired of me. She probably knows all my poems, literally. <laughs> just recite them around the house to make sure I'm ready for any performance. But yeah, that's writing is what I do for me. When did your interest in poetry begin? I was in fifth grade when I started writing. I would um, hear people speak. And I've always been a good speaker. The way that they, like, phrased words and things. I was always in school picked to read things out loud. And so in fifth grade, one of my good friends, Kelly, passed away. She got hit by a semi, and I wrote a poem. I sent it in, and it, like, got published in this book. I was like, oh, this is it. Like, I think I can do this. Emily Lang and Christopher Rollins started Movement 515, which is a part of Run DSM within Des Moines Public Schools. How did you find out about Movement 515? So, funny thing, Emily taught at North when I was there, and I did a spoken word poem for the talent show. I was literally the only one who got a standing ovation. It was my first time like in high school and the teachers honestly seeing that I have a talent. So she left North and went to Harding. She wrote a teacher of mine and asked if I could come down and help her teach poetry with her middle schoolers. This was like 2010, you know, before the movement started. And so I did that. I was my senior in high school. I was pregnant with my daughter. And we kind of lost touch. And then I worked at Mercy and Emily's daughter went there. This was 2016. I did a lot of shows. So I was always like at work reciting. And so she was going to Brave New Voices. 
And they were like, we have this girl here who's just amazing with poetry, and you should meet her. And they're like, her name's Champagne. She's like, oh my gosh, Champagne, does she have a baby? And they're like, yeah. And so that's how Em and I reconnected. That was like way early, 2016. And so by the end of 2016, she asked me to be a mentor for the middle school, and my middle school was Kalanana. What opportunities became available to you because of your involvement? And movement? Yeah. My opportunity with movement was more of my relationship with Emily and her daughter worked at Mercy and back then I was just really like depressed. My cousin, my best friend, she got murdered in a car accident, like crazy stuff. And I was just really down at that time and didn't really have any direction. My opportunity was my relationship with her because she's amazing. It was my opportunity to kind of like grow out of that depression and then it was to be in a classroom and to be with these babies and these kids to see like, oh, that was me 10 to whatever years ago to realize that, like, oh, I think I, you know, might be needed in education. Like, it's what I always wanted to do, but never had the courage to do. As an adult, it gave me a sense of security and support and love. Like, seriously, like it's a real life movement, and these kids, I still keep in touch with their adults, and they're like gonna be, you know, they're adults now, they're not kids anymore, so I can't really, see, you know, but like they're just, it's amazing. It's a real life movement, and it's love, and it's caring, and it's just, it's the bomb, and I'm so grateful for any opportunity that I've had or will have, and just the people involved are just amazing. That's real life. Like, they say, God was real sad. <laughs> like, I was real sad. Like, for real. And I mean, I've known him for a long time. And even with Christopher, Christopher's just a mom, too. And he's always mad supportive. Like, he'll just randomly text me. Like, he's just so mad supportive. They're, all, they're just amazing. For the 2019-2020 school year, do you have goals you want to accomplish with students in poetry workshops? Oh, yes, I have goals. So I I am so strict when it comes to poetry. And, like, I'm a performer that does not like performing the same piece twice. And I have to have it memorized. Even though I've messed up a few times, I'm like, oh, Lord. I want my kids to be always prepared. I want my kids to love the writing, but I want them to know that if you're going to perform and you're going to put your, your work and your love and your art out there, that it, it needs to be the bomb. You know what I mean? Like it needs it. You got to come correct. I want them to grow. And I, I think the community that I have, I could tell because I work there that they always like any show that we have for movement. I'm always like, Oh, I'm going to be there. You guys hang out. And like, you know, I'll see some kids there. So I think the momentum that I already have that they'll, the kids that, you know, they don't talk that much or they talk to me, but they don't talk, you know, to their peers or to their other teachers, that they come in and find a voice, that they come in and say, yeah, your words don't have to rhyme, but if you have a story, go ahead and tell it and then I'll help you tell it to the world. And I can't wait. I'm so excited. 